Welcome to the Best of Home Design Chat with Nancy. I hope you enjoy this pre-recorded show. If you have any questions, you can always email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. Welcome to Home Design Chat with Nancy. Are you remodeling or building your dream home? We will chat about everything from the ceilings to the floors and everything in between. Any questions you might have can be emailed to me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. This podcast is being brought to you by Premier Lighting. Well, today is another sunny day in Phoenix, and it's April 9th. Of course, we have all sunny days. Right, Frank? That's right. (laughs) Frank Cunningham, who is the founder of Durango Stone in Scottsdale, is our guest today, and thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you, Nancy. I'm really pleased to be here to speak with you and your viewers. Or my listeners. Well, your listeners, of course. And it's always been a pleasure to know you, and I'm delighted to be here on your podcast. Well, thank you. Well, first I want to talk about Durango Stone. I've been in the their, uh, I want to call it a warehouse because it's not, is it your factory? Well, no, our factories are in Mexico, in Durango, Durango, Mexico. Right. We have 274,000 square feet of production space down there. But our showroom is in Scottsdale, Arizona. And then you can find our products in showrooms and offered by designers across the country, as well as architects, various stone wholesalers. Or you can get online and uh, contact us directly. We're happy to hear from you. And that would be DurangoStone.com, very simply. Well, what intrigues me is that you have your own quarries. I don't know anybody who has their own quarry. Yes, quarries are an integral part of stone production. If you don't have a quarry, then you have to buy block from others. But nevertheless, quarries are an interesting kind of work. It's a mining operation. We surgically remove what we call monoliths of stone from the mountain, which are cubes of stone that measure about 20 feet by 20 feet by currently in our primary quarry, 65 feet high. A cube like that will weigh about 4 million uh, tons, uh, uh, excuse me, pounds, 4 million pounds, and uh, it's uh, then dropped to the ground and cut into transportable cubes we call blocks. Well, I'm intrigued by that, but I'm not about to go to Mexico, so uh, Frank is going to give me a, a video of his quarry what's going on down there, and then we'll soon have it available, and I'll let you know when. But um, anyway, how did you get into this? Well, I'd like to tell you, we actually have 14 quarries. Are they all in the same area? No, they're all over Mexico, but concentrated on the Caribbean side of Mexico, Veracruz, and also south of Mexico City, even south of Puebla, Mexico. That's where most of the quarries are. And other places as well, Zacatecas, and even up north in Chihuahua, we have a quarry. So, so each quarry has a different type of stone. Yes, each quarry has a different type or genus of stone, as well as colors. So, quarries represent colors, and of course, being the quarrier, we name every stone, and that becomes its true name in the marketplace. That's good, because then you don't have to wonder where that stone comes from, right? That's an easy way right. to catalog it. Although all wholesalers change the name in order to, uh, let's just say, make it... Uh, their own? Their own, yes. Yeah, 
Yeah. So when you quarry a stone, do you ever say, well, this is really popular, so we quarried so much we ran out? Oh, yes. We have God exhausted. only makes so much. You're quite right. Uh, quarries are always some level of finite deposit. However, some quarries have lasted already for thousands of years, like in Italy, Carrara White. You know that Michelangelo pulled the David off of there. And I love this story. He said, I'm really, I don't like all this uh, compliments that I'm getting for creating the David. You see, the David was already in the block. And I just removed the stone that was keeping you from being able to see it. Hmm. I've always loved that because we also do carvings and we turn columns. We do cladding, cut to size jobs, virtually everything you might want from stone. We do that. Well, um, seeing David was in my bucket list, and I did go to Italy last year. So I did uh, look at David in every direction possible and took a million pictures. But wasn't it true that the the people there, I don't know, his teachers or whatever, weren't real happy with him picking Carrera for that? Well, uh, you know that Michelangelo, uh, he... He walked to his own tune. Yeah. He was, generally speaking, employed by the priests. You see, the priests are the ones that created the Renaissance. They decided, in mass, to make investments in public works in churches and public buildings, public art, which is why the Renaissance actually took place. It was heavily funded by the priests, by the popes of Mm. the, the day. And they were lucky to find Michelangelo. And he was lucky to find them because he did Indeed. a great job. Indeed, yet they had an ongoing feud at all times and routinely threatened to have his head cut off. Right. And so getting back to your quarry <laughs> or quarries, so yep. eventually can can you know about when a quarry is going to run out of that particular stone? Absolutely. We do what's called core drills. So then we have known reserves. That means that we know how many thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of cubic meters we have in a deposit. But those are approximate numbers. I will tell you that we have exhausted 10 deposits in our 30 years of quarrying and producing. What did you do before you owned quarries? Before that, I was a seller and buyer of stone. So oh, so you're the stone man. You I'm know everything stone, about stone. Well, I won't go that far, but I know something about stone. I used to represent various factories out of Europe and sold into the United States. I had distribution companies over those years. But my passion for stone really grew by working out of Italy and being in those factories. I became, let's say, enamored with all of that. That's a good word. Yes, because I'm enamored with Italy, too. Indeed, it's easy to be what a lovely country and a lovely perspective of the people. The machinery and all of that is uh, just a fascinating reality. And when I got into that, I'll never forget it. In 1988, I told my main suppliers in Italy, I'm going to become a quarry producer. I want to work in your quarries and factories. I want you to train me everything you know. And they said, well, first, we have to tell you that you're crazy. And secondly... You got yourself a deal. Wow. So I lived in their homes and and learned the business over those late 80s years and bought my first factory 
in Durango, Durango, Mexico in 1988. Exactly where is Durango? That's the name of the city, Durango, Durango? Uh-huh. The, they, well, the name of the city is Durango. The name of the state is Durango. Oh. And oh. it is 110 miles east-northeast by air from Mazatlan. Okay. So not knowing my geography really like I should, um, where is it from the Arizona border? It's 800 miles south of El Paso, Texas. Oh, okay. So I'm not going there soon. <laughs> so maybe those videos are really going to be worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, it, I would love to see them quarry, but videos is a good way to go. It's a colonial city. It's a beautiful city. It's one of the colonial jewels of Mexico. How often do you go down there? Very often. I have a okay. home there, and I've, you know, it's been my home for 30 do years. Do you fly? Oh, yeah. I mean, do you fly your own plane? I have in the past, but weather caused me to stop doing that. So just fly, you know, commercial airline. These days, there's the schedules change in Mexico. You have to go to Mexico City and then fly back north to Durango. Wow, you've got an interesting life. But I want to get back to your stone. Uh, like I said, I've been in the factory and I've seen a lot of beautiful stone. What is somebody said? What kind of stone do you have? What would you describe in a uh, you know in a minute? How yes. would you describe your stone? We have marble, limestone, and travertine. But our limestones that are fully metamorphic, we call them marble limestone. Why? Because. Daniel Webster, as well as uh, National, National uh, Stone Institute and others, consider any stone that will take a polish to be marble. But inside the stone industry, we generally think of calcium carbonate as marble. So then calcium carbonate is a metamorphic stone. So limestone is a sedimentary stone. So when limestone changes morphs into calcium carbonate, which is a crystalline structure, we call it marble limestone. So limestone starts out, or marble starts out as limestone and then gets metamorphosized into marble. Well, that can be true. Oh, can be. It can be true, uh, but oftentimes limestone deposits first become a limestone deposit and then later become calcium carbonate over time. So is limestone... We're talking 90 million years in, all, in many cases. Oh, well, so that's a long time ago. Uh, so is limestone soft? Uh, you can't really say that. Some of the hardest stones in existence are, in fact, metamorphic limestones. But a, a, a limestone that is not metamorphic or an actual sedimentary stone that is 40% or more lime content, that's limestone. So they might they may be soft. So is limestone good for flooring as well as countertops? In my opinion, it, yes. However, limestone, especially calcium carbonate based limestone, marble limestone, if you will, calcium carbonate is highly affected by acids. So on a kitchen counter, if you are not a very meticulous kind of a person with guests who are equally meticulous using cutter boards, etc. You probably do not want calcium carbonate-based products, so that's marble, limestone, or travertine on your kitchen counter. But it's great for your other counters and every other space. And flooring. Of course, flooring. Definitely flooring. Yeah. So now I know I've used a lot of travertine when I've done Tuscan or Old World designs, but now we're seeing a lot of contemporary 
So do you have stone that will um, complement the contemporary designs? Yes, so contemporary simply means simple, plain, straightforward lines. So then the contrast of that is, you know, profiles, uh, antiquing, various other kinds of finishes made to make the stone look old world. Modern is the antithesis of that. It's just straight, clean lines. So we like to say that stone, natural stone, is a chameleon. So if you take all the frills away and just do straight, clean lines, all of our stones could be used and are used in a modern architectural setting. And I will post one of the pictures that you have on your website of the contemporary sitting, setting and a mm-hmm. very beautiful stone, and I can't remember the name of it now. But So we mm-hmm. can get stone from Durango that give, that complements the contemporary look. Absolutely. Well, good. I'm glad yeah. to know that because I always thought that you were strictly into the old world setting. No. As I said, stone is a chameleon, and it'll pick up whatever you want it to. Stone can be a subtle backdrop of color and and a statement, or it can be the main statement in the room. Well, I agree. So I need to uh, talk about our sponsor before we go any further, because Premier Lighting has been nice enough to sponsor these podcasts. They have so many light fixtures in one place that it's overwhelming. Uh, Matter of fact, they went to market recently, and they've got new uh, fixtures coming in every day. I've got to get over there and see some of their new stuff. Um, Actually, Hubberton Forge has filled their showroom with a lot of beautiful fixtures. So if you're into light fixtures and who isn't, whether it's contemporary or traditional, whether it's indoor or outdoors, you've got to go to their website at shoppremier.com. That's S-H-O-P-P-R-E-M-I-E-R. And I'm sure you'll find something that you can buy online or you can call them and they'll help you out. So back to Stone. Yes. So I'm glad that you stopped by. I've learned a lot more about Stone than I thought. I still like to go to the quarry, but I'm not going to go 800 miles. I'll look at the video. (laughs) The quarries are all in wild places. They have to be. They're very noisy. Oh, I bet you. Yeah. And then we use big machinery, front-end loaders. You know, Caterpillar 988s are the most common machine. So So owning the quarries, then you truck them up to your showroom or to wherever you're distributing them. No, the quarries produce only quarry block. Oh, So we do sell blocks to many countries, as well as inside of Mexico. We ship to Spain and Italy and China and other countries. As blocks? Boy, that's awfully heavy. blocks. So blocks are only useful if you have a factory that produces blocks. So that, I thought you sliced the blocks in the factory. I mean, in the quarry. Uh, well, you were right the first time. We sliced the blocks in, in the, the factories. Factory. Amazing. So the, fact, the blocks are actually sized to the machines, or maybe it's more accurate to say conversely, the machines are sized to the blocks. To the blocks. And the blocks are sized to have a legal load on the road. Oh, so right. Mexico, Who wants to crack a road, right? 
Well, we, all, we, we may or may not want to do that, but laws uh, protect our highways in Mexico as well. They have adopted the same laws as the U.S. highways have adopted. However, when it's blocks, we are permitted to put 50,000-pound cubes on a truck. As these are specialty trucks that haul just blocks from the quarries to the factories. Well, how many factories do you have? Three factories currently, with a fourth one under construction now south of Puebla, Mexico. And the other three are in Mexico as well? The other three are in Durango, Durango, Mexico, all in the same location, all behind the same walls. We are in the city of Durango, Durango, so then Mexico. The, so the blocks are processed into slabs or tiles. Yes. Right? Yes. I'm getting it. You get it. And then you truck them up to? Well, then we finish them, pack them. So of course everything so has I'm to be very now, Frank, well packaged. Is, do you ever do you ever send your products outside of Arizona? Where else do they go? Uh, we ship everywhere in the world. We've done projects in at least fifty countries. So and if I was in New York City, where would I see your tile? Okay. There are several distributors in New York City that carry our material, and you can also just go online, go to DurangoStone.com, hook us up. And we'll hook you up. For example, if you work with Walker and Zanger there in the city, then we can assist you with our stone through Walker and Zanger. Gotcha. If you're a designer, an architect, a builder, or a a stone-selling wholesaler or retailer, we will work directly with you. So there you have it, the history of Durango and how you can get their stone no matter where you live. We'd love to hear from anybody. We are actually stone experts. What does that mean? It means that we understand every facet, every aspect of stone use. We provide cladding for commercial buildings. We do carvings, uh, simple things to very complicated things, fountains, water features, all kinds of things. Whatever you can think of, whatever you can design and or show us a picture of, we can create that in stone for you. Wow. You're the most interesting guest I've ever had. Thank you. So I want to thank you for stopping by. And don't forget, everybody, if you have any questions for Frank or for me, you can email me, nancy at nancyhugo.com, and I will get back with you, just like I did to the lady from New Zealand who emailed me. So I am open to your questions. Thanks for stopping by, Frank, and thanks, everybody, for listening. And until the next time, have a great day. Thank you, Nancy. Delighted to be here.